Hi, I'm Chris Lang with the Virginia State Golf Association, and thanks for joining us today on the VSJ's Golf in the Commonwealth podcast. Today, we'll start off with a conversation with Gary Soba, tournament director of the Wells Fargo Championship. As you may have seen, the PGA Tour event, usually held at Quail Hollow in Charlotte, North Carolina, has a temporary home in 2022, TPC Potomac at Avenel Farms in Maryland, which is just across the Potomac from Virginia in Southern Maryland. The championship will run from Thursday, May 5th through Sunday, May 8th. And hey, if mom's a golf fan, there's no better way to spend Mother's Day than out at the course watching some of the world's best players tee it up. Gary and I spoke on Monday morning, so he was waiting for one key player announcement that came to fruition on Wednesday. Defending champion Roy McIlroy, fresh off a runner-up finish at the Masters, will head to Avenel to defend his title, a great get for a tournament that promises to have a strong field once again. After our conversation with Gary, stick around for a recap of the VSJ's first championship of this 2022 season, the Multi-Format Team Championship, which concluded on Tuesday at the Dominion Club in Glen Allen. But first, our conversation with Gary Soba. All right, welcome to the podcast today. We've got Gary Soba, who's the tournament director of the Wells Fargo Championship, which this year will be played at TPC Potomac at Avenel Farms up in uh, Bethesda, Maryland. Uh, Gary, thanks for joining us today. Hey, it's uh, thank you for having me on. It's great to be on with you. Yeah, you know, first of all, just take us through a, a quick introduction of yourself and what, what your role is with the championship. Certainly, yeah. My name is uh, obviously Gary Soba. I've been the tournament director of the Wells Fargo Championship for five years. Uh, so that covers all facets. We have about a 12-person staff. Uh, we, we build the venue, we market the venue, uh, we sell tickets, and then we have CFO. We have a lot of fulfillment people. We have a uh, ticket manager, uh, and uh, we have volunteer coordinators. So when people think about a golf tournament, it's, it's year-round, 12 people that, that run this thing. You know, and for, for the person that might not understand why that, that, that Quail Hollow was not able to host two different events this year, just kind of take us through that process and why the President's Cup has kind of taken the entire year away from Quail Hollow. Certainly. And as you know, we were supposed to be in D.C. last year. Because of COVID, the Ryder Cup was delayed a year, which moved the President's Cup at Quail Hollow from 21 to 22. So in a perfect world, the Wells Fargo Championship would have been played at, at TPC Potomac in 21. The real issue is the build. It just takes time to build uh, for both events, for a for a, a quail hollow to have two events in, in one one season. The build's massive. Uh, the the uh, I don't want to say damage, but the course, you know, just the hardship that the course would absorb uh, for having two builds. Uh, the the hardship that members would have to absorb also with with you know having two events a year. Also, the marketplace, you know, each each of these events, you go out and solicit partners, develop partnerships. And, you know, to have two golf events in one year is, is hard for car- partners also to step up twice. Sure. Um, well, how did Avenel come apart or come about as, as the replacement uh, site for, for this year's event? Great question. A couple things. Wells Fargo, our title partner, looked at the different markets around the country, and there was significant interest in this event because this is one of the premier events on the PGA Tour. And in 2017, when there was a conflict, they actually took it to Wilmington. But they struggled a little bit getting people there. It's just not as accessible. But with the three airports there in D.C. and Avenel, TPC Potomac has had has a wonderful reputation among the players. There's two things they'll say. One, one they love the golf course, but two, they say it's hard. Um, but, but we think in May there, uh, Wells Fargo thought it was the perfect home uh, for the championship. And we're excited to be there. May the fourth through the eighth. 
Is it kind of crazy that there's just a, a, a PGA Tour ready venue kind of sitting out there that's that, that's ready to to pick up? And I, I know they've done that in the past with other events, including the one right across the street at, uh, at Congressional. It is unique, and what's more unique is uh, Tony Schuster handles our operations. Actually, uh, worked with the Tiger Woods Group and handled the operations uh, when those events, when the when the Quicken Loans was up there. So we have great familiarity. Our build will almost replicate, you know, in terms of what we're using, structures we're using, locations. So we didn't come into this blind, and I think that's helped us immensely because uh, our build will be robust. It's going to look really good on television. That's awesome. Well, you know, I know that the uh, PGA Tour would like to find a way to return to D.C. on a more regular basis to the D.C. area. Is How does this event being, being played here help that mission? Well, we think it's a challenge to the marketplace. You know, I think it's a challenge. Certainly the tour, we're looking at – how many fans will come out? We think midsummer was a difficult time. It was hot, humid, and we understood why fans didn't come. But the first week of May, weather should be pretty primo, should be pretty doggone near perfect. So uh, I think all of us are watching, hey, can we sell tickets? Will, the, will the, the community support it? If it will, there's no question the nation's capital deserves an annual event. So uh, we're kind of going down parallel paths. There's also an issue with 2025. There'll be a conflict in 2025 with Quail Hollow, with the PGA. So if this is successful uh, at TPC Potomac, we can turn around in really two and a half, three years and be right back there. And I will say this, a lot of the members don't prefer annual golf, but they love having golf about every three years. This is a big time event. So in some respects, uh, it might be the best of all worlds. No doubt. I mean, it, it's it's tough to close down your golf course for a. I, I know that some of the members at uh, CCB down here in Richmond have uh, some issues with that sometimes when the Dominion Energy Charity Classic is here because it just takes so much golf away from the from the actual membership to try to get it set up. It's such a process. So um, that's that's a really interesting take there. Um, you know, what are the, kind of the challenges of moving the entire operation from Charlotte to to Bethesda for one year and and working at a, a temporary site like this? What, what challenge is a good word. Uh, we hired an individual, two individuals up there in 2018, thinking we uh, were going to be there in 2021. So they've been now two and a half years versus a year and a half. But the entire sales team and myself, the sales team moved up there last year, uprooted from Charlotte to uh, D.C. in early July. I've been there in September, been up 16 times. So you know, while we knew it was going to be a challenge, uh, it's been it, it's been some hardship upon you know you're, you're uprooted your families, but the success we've had up there is has been pretty monumental. Uh, we have been very very successful. The corporate community has really embraced us. They've kind of adopted us, and and we've had a lot of success with chalet sales and premium hospitality sales, pro am sales. In fact, we're sold out on nearly all of that. Uh, so. Uh, while it's been a hardship and, and, you know, people that have lived here are living there for a year, we love the market uh, and, uh, and I hope it to be successful. So, you know, we can talk about annual golf after this event's done. When you talk about just the, the corporate partnership side of, of things too, and I know that a lot of, a lot of the, the companies are based in Charlotte that, that generally support this event. How do you go about um, securing some of the uh, Maryland area and, and, and DC area vendors for, for just a one year stop? You know, we, we really looked at industries that are successful and, and really embrace golf. So, for instance, financial services, Wells Fargo, obviously, is our title partner. But anybody who wants to entertain the wealth sector, any, any group that wants to, to entertain the masses or, or be in front of the masses. So, 
you know, you have commercial real estate, you have uh, law firms, and we went through from soup to nuts, every one of those categories that does quite well all across the board. The PGA Tour has great metrics and data on what categories, what industries typically align with golf. And then we took kind of a category explosion, a deep dive into each of those categories. And we've called all of them. Uh, and, and they're cold calls. And if you didn't have a relationship pre-COVID, certainly it was more challenging. Uh, so it has been more difficult, but I think it's made it more rewarding to be able to uh, to find a way, avenue, find a, a way to get into decision makers at a company we, we don't know and have success with those. So, uh, you know, the key categories that bill across the tour, uh, those are important in D.C. as well. And they have really stepped to the forefront. And I know you're proud of the charitable, charitable impact of this tournament. And take, take us through a little bit of that side of it uh, uh, for this event. Well, people need to know that all PGA Tour events are 501c3s. The local marketing group, in fact, we're champions for education, are 501c3s. You certainly have a reserve for your tournament, but you want to be able to give everything back to the community. Come into D.C. And since the, well, let me say, since the inception of the Wells Fargo Championship, over $26 million has been donated to charity. We are guaranteeing in D.C. that a minimum of three quarters of a million will be left for charity and no profits will leave the, the marketplace. If fans come out and embrace it, that charitable number can increase. So at, at worst, there'll be three quarters of a million. And we're hopeful. We're hopeful to sell a lot of tickets and it'll be above and beyond that. That's awesome. Um, just tell us a little bit about to, uh, what to expect at the golf course itself with Avondale and how the course is set up and how does it differ from Quail Hollow for these guys? You know, the unique thing is is really the, the front side is now back. And, and on the front side, we'll have what's called the Ultra Grove down off off the three area between three and six. Great area on the front side. And then we'll have a couple of clubs uh, behind eight green and nine, nine T. So great viewing to me. Those are the great locations behind eight T and, and, and behind eight green, nine T, which is a part of three is a great area on the front side. Then the backside is all residential. Once you go out past 1011, you have committed to the backside and it works circuitously back through. Then on 16, 17, and 18 is going to be our real build. Uh, we'll have uh, multiple premium areas for the public. That's where all our private hospitality will be. We'll have a military outpost. We'll have a member's tent. So the build looks fantastic. Uh, when you come in there, you immediately see the tents tied for our executive club and our ultra athletic club. And then on 18, we've sold out 26 chalets. So uh, when you leave the clubhouse, we're adding a massive deck behind the, the clubhouse for what's called our capital club. So overhead, it is going to look really, really good. And uh, and that building on the front side really is 389 and the back side 16, 17, 18. Well, what, what are the, the toughest holes for, for people to watch when they're when they're watching this event on TV? Well, the, the toughest hole on tour several years ago was number 11. So, you know, when you're looking at 10, 11, there's a stretch on the backside. Francesco Molinari went eagle birdie there when he shot his 62. Uh, but, but there's a lot of really good areas. I think, I think 8, 9 is a wonderful area. And then 16, 17, you get to watch 16 green, then 17 is a downhill par 3. So, to me, those are the, the areas. I did want to add that, you know, we'll have merchandising tents, We'll have a William Hill winery deck. Uh, we'll have a, a, a deck also tied to our, our, our official tequila. And uh, we'll also Saturday night after the round, we will have a uh, kind of a concert, but a, a music, kind of a Jimmy Buffett cover band that will uh, 
play for a Kentucky Derby party. So we'll have a Derby party on, on, we'll have a video board there on 18 band will play last putt should drop about six o'clock horse races at six forty-five on the video board. So we're trying to make it fun and entertaining as well as just golf. You know, say it sounds like more of an event as, as going out for a Saturday night Very versus much. just watching the golf tournament. That sounds really cool. And you know, children 15 and under admitted free. So for we make it fan friendly, tickets are fifty dollars, which is incredibly inexpensive when you look at what pro athletics typically cost. But you can bring a family of four or five out for hundred dollars. Well, you know, most times that's four or five hundred dollars. So full day, fifteen and under free. We encourage the families to come out, and then Sunday's Mother's Day. So. You know, we hope that uh, it's a, the chance to bring your mom out and he'll make her work, let her watch a little golf. <laughs> that sounds really good, too. Um, what, what kind of changes have occurred at the, at the golf course itself since the 2018 National was held? There's anything significant? Several things. They redid all the bunkers. Uh, they redid the range. Uh, if, if, if I said all told, they invested a couple million dollars in, into those things. For the tournament itself this year, uh, they have basically eliminated in the, in the high traffic areas on the golf course. You have to hit for mats since the first of the year. You know, post-COVID where they had, I think, 35,000 rounds, it's probably good. The golf course was stressed. So it's members only right now. The tee times are a little bit more disparate, a little more time in between tee times. And then if you're in the fairway, you have to put down this uh, turf placard to be able to hit from. Uh, so... You have new bunkers, you have new range, and then two major changes. They added a bunker, a fairway bunker on the right-hand side of 18. Bombers can reach that, and they added 50 yards to number two. It's a par five that could play as long as 641 yards. But besides that, the course is ready to go. It's it's difficult, and very few changes have needed to be made. And that's that sounds like a par nine for me, probably 640. Par seven at least. Yeah, that's a, sounds like a tough golf hole. Um, it, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the player commitment list that you have so far. Um, is your defending champion, champion Rory McIlroy, is he coming back? He is not committed yet. We're hopeful. Uh, we're hopeful to get a commitment from him. And uh, I, I would say this. I think we'll have uh, one, two of the top ten in the world. So we may not be the top ten loaded, but I think when you look at 15 through 50 in the world, we're going to have a lot of players, a lot of names that people know. You know, Terrell Hatton is committed. Uh, we've got Sergio's committed. We've, you know, Stuart Sink types and so forth. So Bill Haas, you know, that 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 we think are going to be there. So I think I think there'll be a lot of name recognition. And I think that was one of the issues because of the midsummer date uh, and because of the heat, it was difficult for players that I think this early May date will really benefit the field. Uh, interestingly, there is a new event on the tour the week before in Mexico. It's not a World Golf Championship event, so we know not everybody is going to be able to, 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 to get there. So if you take the week off before major, because the PGA is played at Southern Hills two weeks afterwards, and if you're not going to Mexico, you know, we think we're in a sweet spot in uh, the first week of May that we'll, we'll get some, some name players here the last three weeks here before the tournament that perhaps have not committed to this point. When do those names usually start rolling in uh, typically for a tournament? Start right about now. Uh, they have until the, the, the way the tour works, they have until five o'clock the previous Friday, or if they're playing the Friday afternoon, they have 30 minutes after the round ends. So uh, a lot of players, uh, you know, I would say that the, the, with high name recognition, they wait just because their schedule can change and they don't want to commit and then withdraw because they feel bad. So, you know, typically, 
uh, the, the, I guess where players with higher name recognition now because of, of that may wait. But I think over the next three weeks, uh, the 156 field is going to look, look really, really solid. 156 player field will look really solid. For sure. You know, one of those guys, hopefully, that, that may uh, commit to you when I just won the green jacket yesterday. What was your thoughts just watching him this weekend and, and the way that he was able to c- command that tournament? His maturity level for somebody his age, he just, you know, from an outsider, and, and he's a very nice guy. Let me say that I've talked to him on the range. Extremely nice guy, great Christian. Uh, he's unflappable and it just seems to be mature beyond, I believe he's 25. And even a Tiger's heyday, gosh, it's it's hard to remember winning four in six weeks. And these weren't, you know, just, you know, run-of-the-mill tournaments. You're talking about in L.A., Genesis, which is a phenomenal field, had the top ten players in the world. You're talking the World Golf Match Play. And now you're talking the the Masters and what was pretty much a runaway win. Yeah, there was a couple times yesterday, I think on three, it looked like there could be a, a shift. Uh, but then he chips in, and after that, he, it, it was really – I'm not going to say a walk in the park. I know he said he was nervous, but God, he has massive game. Yeah, it felt like after that chip on three, that it felt like it was a, a game changer at that point because Cam was coming at him. And then uh, what a creative shot. That was that was something else to see. Um, you know, going back to, to your job here a little bit, t- tell us a little bit about your day-to-day life and running a PGA Tour event as, as a tournament that's, director. That's a really good question. One part is recruitment. You know, go out and I'll, I'll visit uh, – four to six tournaments each year and talk to the players, see who's coming. Uh, schedules really dictate that. I don't know as a tournament director, whether we have much success in recruiting, but you're trying to win the ties that are guys that are on the fence that, uh, you know, are contemplating, uh, you know, Hideki, for instance, right now, he, he's not sure whether he's, he's going to Japan post the masters. He's not sure whether he's going to fly back for our event or fly back to Dallas the following week. Well, Hideki Matsuyama would be a, a player we'd love to, love to get so we talked about you know a direct flight back into Dulles out of Tokyo would make sense don't know whether that's going to happen so you have the, the recruitment part a big part this year has been the sales uh, component because we started at ground zero so even though I have a, a really four to five person sales staff certainly as tournament director uh, I'm out there also in the marketplace developing relationships and partnerships three is the marketing component and typically in Charlotte we have much more brand recognition, but up there being a one-off tournament, you know, a branding, uh, uh, you know, mechanism, the marketing component has been very vital. So I've sat down with all radio, television, and kind of social media outlets to develop a, a marketing plan. We started television advertising from Kapalua uh, on cable. Uh, then we'll have a relationship with CBS. We also have a relationship with NBC Sports Washington. Uh, Radio-wise, we have it with Odyssey and with Clear Channel. And then database marketing has been very important as well. The Maryland Golf Association, the Virginia Golf Association. We have every golfer in, every public course golfer in Montgomery County, which is a database of about 75,000 names. So our goal is let people know we're coming. And I think they do now. And uh, my, my hope is they'll buy tickets. And you said you were you've been with this with this particular tournament for five years. Um, how long have you worked with the PGA Tour? Uh, five years. Okay, yeah, I was in co- college athletics for a long time prior to that, and uh, fortunately, I'm not having to deal with name, image, and likeness, uh, and and, and you can deal with a more rational world of of the PGA Tour. 
Yeah, that is certainly interesting the way that that's kind of unfolding right now. I mean, it's, it's good to see the, the athletes getting a little power to their name at, the, at this point, but also it's certainly confusing trying to figure it all out. So, um, you know, what's the most fun part about this job for you? I get asked that question so many, you know, certainly you love relationships with players. I mean, you'll, you'll love that, but I love giving back to charity. You know, last week we donated uh, nearly 12,000 books. Every fifth grader in, in, in Charlotte, Mecklenburg County received a book. And we found uh, five years ago when I sat down with the superintendent, we found how many homes don't even have one book in an entire household. So to be able to give gifts and books and help with summer reading programs, uh, to be able to give money to children's hospitals, to give money to groups that are trying to get first-generation students to college and mentor and tutor those, to help with first T programs, to help with those that that may have be underprivileged, that don't have the resources that I'm, I think that's probably the the greatest days is to be able to help others. That's really cool. Well, I mean, anything else you want to add here? Any shout-outs or anything like that? To- you know, I would say tickets, wellsfargochampionship.com, children 15 and under free, uh, any any hospitality options. Again, you can go onto the website, uh, but we'd love to host you uh, May 4th through the 8th at TPC Potomac. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful event, and uh, we're just praying for good weather. Amen to that, and we're, we're looking forward to seeing uh, championship level golf back in the D.C. area. So, Gary, thank, thank you for you. having me. Yeah, thank you for joining us today. It's been informative, so uh, we'll look forward to seeing you guys soon. Super. Thank you. The VSJ held its first championship of the 2022 season this week at the Dominion Club, the fourth playing of the multi-format team championship. Monday's first round featured a two-person captain's choice format, which produced some pretty low scores, as you might expect. Tuesday's second round was played in modified alternate shot format, which differs a bit from the alternate shot you might see in the Ryder Cup or Solheim Cup. In this format, both players on a side tee off, and then they choose which ball they want to play next. If they choose player A's shot, then player B plays the second shot, and they alternate until the ball is holed. We dropped some quick interviews with the winners of each division here. First, we'll hear from the Open Division winners, Trey Wren and John Rosenstock, who shot a two-day 131 to win by one shot over 2021 champions Evan Beck and Mikey Moyers. You'll hear Trey's voice first on the audio, followed by John's. Next, a quick chat with senior division champions John Hurst and David Jordan, who also shot 131 and won by one stroke over Randy Newsom and Neil Davis. In that clip, you'll hear John's voice first, followed by David's. Well, is it kind of a relief to hold on at this point, at that point, knowing that the way that Evan and Mikey were kind of charging up there? They were charging, yeah. I was, I was entering scores, and I wasn't showing it to him, but I was watching them all day. And we made a couple bogeys in the lower back nine on the easier holes, honestly, and then uh, yeah, we got it done, which was, which was awesome. I was really fortunate to have Trey. I feel like I started off playing just fine after a good day yesterday. In the middle of the round, I actually really lost my swing. And Trey kept us going, and then we both finished strong together. Great team win. The very two are last three. I was going to say, after 15, it's that kind of a gut check moment that after that kind of hole fell apart on you, and then you come right back and make a birdie. That was actually really just a bad break. Yeah. Trey hit a great three-wood towering shot right at the flag, ends up in a horrendous spot in the bunker. So I would chalk that up to a bad break. Yeah, we made bogey, but bounced right back with a birdie on 16. Who made the putt on 16 then? I did. Okay, how long? Uh, what? I'd say, let's call it 
fourteen. Okay. Fourteen. 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 Fourteen
We knew if we just kept making cars, they'd have to make birdies. You know, birdies aren't easy to come through, come by in this format. So, and you got really good at making four footers. Much as I'm trying to just gibble it down there, and it's never been my forte, but it is now. <laughs> Had you guys ever played together before? Before this, we played in a round together. Maybe not a, not a four ball. Yeah, we, he beat me in the yeah. state and last. Oh yeah. Each other. No, we had never played before last year in the state That's right. I don't think. So this yeah. was our second time ever playing yeah. together. Wow. Yeah. So, fruitful partnership, right? Yeah. Right away, I'm, I'm loving a ton of fun. We're yeah. not expecting to play. And got that call and that uh, was a lot of motivation. To, today was my fourth round since October of last year. Uh, and thank you, my man. It's a treat, baby. Fun watching you play. Cheers to you guys. Thanks. Congratulations. That will wrap this edition of Golf in the Commonwealth. Thanks again to Gary Soba for joining us. And once again, if you're interested in tickets to the Wells Fargo, visit the championship website at wellsfargochampionship.com backslash tickets. Again, that's wellsfargochampionship.com backslash tickets. Thanks everyone for listening, and so long until next time.